This is Prayer Room Companion, episode 67, recorded August 24th, 2011. Do not be ashamed of the Lord. Welcome to This Week in Prayer Room Companion. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and with me as always... Father Andrew Dickinson. How are you, Father? I am very good. On the cusp of the tidal wave, students returning. Oh, yeah. Saturday, Sunday... Right, Saturday uh, is move-in day, and uh, the campus population will go from a couple hundred right now of uh, sports teams and resident assistants and people like that training to around uh, nine thousand. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's a that's that's population explosion. Boom, population time Boom. Boom. Yeah. Very good. Well, oh, I wish you well. Excited here. Uh, very ready for them to return, but just not prepared for them to return. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I hope that happens soon for you, that you are prepared and then to return. Uh, I don't know if that's going to fully happen. It might yeah. be an elusive uh, an elusive idea out there in the midst of uh, Newman Center Ministry prepared. Some long-term goal that is never reached, like a mirage in the desert. <laughs> You're feeling poetic this morning. Thank you. Well, what can I say? So, um... Not speaking poetically, uh, Father and I um, had a uh, fight, an online brouhaha over the topic of today's podcast. And Donnie Brook, in, in my magnanimity, I, I allowed Father the priest to lead the way uh, because I am indeed magnanimous. Magnanimous in my magnanim- in my great magnanimity. Yes, something like that. So anyway. Um, actually, I don't know if it was actually by free will on your choice. I thought it was by necessity. Oh, no. No, I could. I could the issue you I, want I, to talk about was not yet fully I, an issue. It was the idea of an issue, the anticipation of an issue, but was not yet an issue. Therefore, I think, I think ergo concordantly. Ergo concordantly. Wow. So, I, so in other words, we probably should never have a... Um, a, a podcast about, say, Christmas before Christmas or about Easter before Easter because it hasn't happened yet. Well, actually, we're just celebrating the reoccurrence of Christmas and the recurrence of Easter. And each Sunday is a little Easter. So we are going to talk about theologian. John of Avila, St. John of Avila as a doctor of the church, but because it hasn't formally been announced yet, I... Um, I. Well, how? Well, 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 it hasn't formally been announced. Yeah. The Pope said it in a public talk. How is that formally announced? I, he said he has has it happened yet? It's been you're right. It's been announced as it happened yet. Okay. I mean, so when it comes to matters Catholic, if the Pope announces it in a talk, it's pretty formally announced. Okay. Oh, yeah, or that is being backtracked the very next minute by a press office. It just hasn't happened yet. That's all. I'm sorry, for goodness sake. So anyway, instead, we're going to talk about World Youth Day uh, in general. Um, And Father, I know that you, uh, there there are a couple addresses that both Father and I found uh, to be uh, very interesting and worth commenting on. And Father, I think for you, one of the ones that struck you was one of the earliest ones, uh, the Holy Father's address at uh, the Madrid airport on Thursday, the 18th. Uh, when he initially arrived, right? Yes. So, um, 
by the way, just for, if you can find these addresses in a lot of places. I know Father uh, uses uh, a Catholic blog, Whispers in the Loggia. Uh, you can also find them at the Vatican website. All of them have been collected um, at, at, a, at a site for World Youth Day. If you go to the, the Vatican's, uh, the English homepage, um, there's in the upper left, there's a focus column with a number of things of, of interest, um, timely interest. And the first one, at least today, when we're recording on the 24th, um, happy, uh, by the way, happy feast of St. Bartholomew, Father. Um, hey, hey, thank you. Uh, but World Youth Day in Madrid 2011 is the first one. So if you, you click on that, then it brings you to the various addresses um, that the Holy Father gave uh, when he arrived. Uh, photo gallery, I think. Maybe even some video. Um, so you can find all of those addresses there and other places on the website. So, Father, with the address um, at the airport, uh, what, was it, what was it that struck you? Well, I think, again, what I love about Pope Benedict is that he's always inviting. He's inviting the world. He's inviting his fellow Catholics. He's aware of and living within that invitation himself to live that life of intimate conversation with the Word of God. And he does so there, and he kind of um, just brings up the mystery of a World Youth Day. You know, why has this multitude of young people come? You know, what's what's the reason for this? What's the point of this? Um, and so he he talks uh, he talks kind of directly about that uh, in his talk. Uh, most particularly, he talks about the discovery of the living God. Uh, they, the young people see prevailing superficiality, consumerism, hedonism the widespread banalization of sexuality, the lack of solidarity, the corruption. They know that without God, it would be hard to confront these challenges and to be truly happy, and thus point out their enthusement in the attainment of an authentic life. Now, and that's what World Youth Day is. It's the pouring out of enthusiasm uh, towards the attainment of an authentic life. I mean, what a kind of beautiful way to describe a World Youth Day. You know, one of the things, just sort of parenthetically, that... that uh in particular, it strikes me about that, that excerpt that you read. Um, without God, it would be hard to confront these challenges and to be truly happy. I think there are, I, I, you know, I see people who, uh, who do try to confront the struggles, the, the challenges that we face in society, um, but to become dour and sort of, you know, like militant in, in a negative way, angry, you know, uh, <laughs> you speak truth to power and da, da, da. In, in many ways, rightly railing against corruption and so on, but but they're just not very happy. <laughs> and on the one hand, you could say, well, why? How can you be happy in 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 in, uh, in spite of all this? But but the thing about faith in Christ and what the Holy Father is saying here, it, it, when we remain rooted in Christ, we can confront these challenges, but in a way where there's still that peace in our heart, where we, where we still have a. Um, a fundamental sense or experience of authentic happiness, even in the midst of the sorrows and the challenges that we face. Exactly. And, and I think that's, uh, um, it seems to me that Pope Benedict's, uh, one of his tones throughout this, uh, I think in the other things I was really struck by is his encouragement in that way that, um, you know, not just to fight against something, but to be united with Jesus Christ, and so to know that great joy of union with him, which gives peace in the midst of what seems like a fight or a difficulty. Absolutely. You know, towards the end of his address, uh, in that same regard, you know, he, uh, he talks about the difficulties being faced. 
You know, after he sums up many of the difficulties, persecution, joblessness, economic woes, um, you know, the ravages of drug abuse in our culture, things like that. Um, he says, with all my heart, I say again to you, young people, let nothing and no one take away your peace. Do not be ashamed of the Lord. He did not spare himself in becoming one like us and in experiencing our anguish so as to lift it up to God, and in this way, he saved us. Mm. You know, I think sometimes we can have the tendency to reduce the faith only to the area of doctrine and, and belief. But there's also the idea of that encouragement and that building up that the faith in and of itself imparts to us or calls us to when it is authentically lived. Um, and I think we're, we'll, we'll touch on this more in some of the other addresses, but be, because it's the faith, faith is ultimately about a relationship with someone who sustains me. And it's because I have that knowledge, that confidence that, to put it, you know, maybe in a superficial way, he's got my back that I can, can that I can engage these challenges um, in spite of how, in a sense, they, they might seem overwhelming and I might seem powerless before them. Um, but because I know that that Christ is with me and is at, at work uh, uh, through me in me, um, that I can have that confidence to to address or to, to face up to them in whatever way I'm called to, um, without despair. But in fact, right. Perhaps a positive example. Um, just last night, I uh, the the football coach here at SDSU invites. Uh, all the campus ministries to gather and to uh, meet his team and the volleyball and women's soccer team, the little ice cream social. There's a chance to get them plugged into all of us. And I was talking afterwards with some other uh, different campus Christian groups and someone from Crew Campus Crusade. And he was like, you know, gosh, I met so many people. I don't know how I'm going to remember them all. And I was like, well, maybe pray. You know, pray that our Lord would remind you, our Lord would help you to remember the right people and that the right people would remember you. Right. right. So it's this idea of faith again, that so the transcendent of our earthly reality and realm into this exchange and this relationship with the divine. Absolutely. So great words of encouragement by Pope Benedict. Right. Okay, anything else from uh, this address at the airport that uh, that you wanted? Yeah, I think to that was good. Yeah. So the the next one I think that uh, we we broke, both were struck by was the um, the the address that was not given. <laughs> the uh, the the Holy Father's um, I don't know if it was a hot well at least yeah, the address that that was prepared on Saturday night um, uh, before the prayer vigil. Or at, at the beginning of the prayer vigil, uh, I, apparently in Madrid, uh, just a couple of things generally. First of all, you talked about the multitude. From what I, from what I've read and heard, there are about a million young people. Is that what you heard? Have you seen any figures on attendance? What I had, Reuters had said one point five. Okay. Vatican Radio said two. Okay. So, no. well over a million um, young people from around the world together. When they're saying uh, this is the biggest one since two thousand. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Since Rome, then. Yep. Okay. Um, and by the way, speaking of, of locations, he he did announce uh, formally <laughs> he uh, on I think on Sunday, right, that the next World Youth Day will be in two years 
in uh, Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought this would be the first yeah. one in South America, but there have been one in Buenos Aires uh, sometime. The first International World Youth Day. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Well, so, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes in Rio. You know, some people, I think, have expectations about, you know, uh, what's going to happen there. Like uh, our webmaster, Bill, has some funny ideas. Um, well, I know some people that are already disappointed that it's not 2014. So it's not going to coincide with um, the uh, World Cup. Yeah, World Cup's going to be in. Is it in Brazil or is it in Rio in particular? Do you know? Well, it's in Brazil. Okay, so that's why it was. That's why it's only two years away. So that yeah. it's definitely a short turnaround. So, um, so anyway, but but uh, it, apparently in Madrid it had been pretty hot, and then uh, a Saturday evening for the vigil, uh, there were. The uh, front came through, and there was a a rainstorm of sufficient strength that the Holy Father was unable to give more than just the first couple paragraphs of his address. Um, and his remarks, he was pretty struck by the um, by the youth, and the, the, they stayed there and they were chanting and and so on. And it uh, it seems that he was very much impressed and moved by by that witness in a sense, because uh, Father, you've been in World Youth Day. I mean, that's where they stay that all night right yep yep um in fact i know that in the morning um on sunday morning for mass uh and i'll, and I'll read those uh, when we get to it but he remarked on 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 their uh the witness they gave by by staying uh at the vigil through the midst of the uh the rainstorm um and, and through the night and onto the next morning so anyway uh, so th this address that he didn't give, you can still read online. Uh, the, and there were some things that struck me, but again, Father, what, what, uh, anything that you want to comment on in particular? Oh, from the, uh, I have to say, uh, also be the, the notion of being, uh, abiding in the love of Christ, what it means to be rooted in faith. Um, you know, do not be satisfied with anything less than truth and love. Do not be content with anything less than Christ. Mm. So I do, that idea of uh, of setting those high goals, those high standards in a world that for young people, you know, 30 and under, says, you know, it's like, well, you know, it's, it's good enough that they did this much. You right. Know? Well, right. at least he's not, at least I'm not killing anybody. Right. right. And he's saying, no, you know, don't be content with anything less than Christ. Yep. The um, the thing that struck me uh, is so this is one two it's probably about uh, three paragraphs down again talking about the nature of faith and this is this is a re recurring theme in in Pope Benedict's uh, pontificate well throughout his his ministry as priest bishop theologian pope to uh, yes dear friends God loves us this is the great truth of our faith. It is what makes everything else meaningful. We are not the product of blind chance or absurdity. Instead, our life originates as part of a loving plan of God. To abide in his love, then, means living a life rooted in faith, since faith is more than the mere acceptance of certain abstract truths. It is an intimate relationship with Christ. 
who enables us to open our hearts to this mystery of love and to live as men and women conscious of being loved by God. So it says, to abide in his love, God's love, means living a life rooted in faith. Since faith is more than the mere acceptance of certain abstract truths, it is an intimate relationship with Christ. And I, I know that we've talked about that before because it, it comes up so often in his, his addresses and his writings and so on. But it, it, it needs to be repeated because we need to continually hear that in our day and age where it's so easy for us, so easy for me, speaking very personally, so easy for me um, to, to reduce faith to the mere acceptance of certain abstract truths. When faith includes that, but it's much more than that. At its heart, it's an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and so I'm continually moved by, by, by that when the Holy Father um, remarks in that. And I, especially because, again, because of the, in part because of the one who is saying it. This is a, a brilliant thinker, um, uh, an incredible theologian, who reminds us um, that faith is not just an intellectual activity. It includes that, but it's more than that. It's a relationship with someone with a capital S. Right. As uh, Pope, uh, blessed Pope John Paul II would always say, the relationship of an I with a thou. Right, right. Um, anything else from this address that, that uh, you want to comment on? Um. Again, I think the beautiful encouragement, um, you know, just a little bit down from where you were, again, um, you know, because he talks about the reality of our day, the dominant culture of relativism, you know, uh, people around us have given up the search for truth, you know, uh, so we need to speak with courage and humility of the universal significance uh, of the Savior of humanity. He says, he took upon himself our afflictions he is well acquainted with the mystery of human suffering and manifests his loving presence in those who suffer. So we understand that the idea of that solidarity of Christ with us. And when we understand and live in the solidarity of Christ with us, it's then that we're able to live out solidarity with our fellow man and woman. Which, of course, is the greatest struggle of our day, that apathy, that unconcern, you know, that we don't really care about anything else for anyone else so long as I get my uh, iPod or my uh whopper or whatever else yeah i love whoppers <laughs> thank you thank you very much yeah. you know and so uh what's the idea then again of not selling for anything else less than christ also i was really struck by his words about uh, those uh to discern the vocation of priesthood and consecrated life I don't know yeah if you caught that yeah what what are you thinking about in particular <laughs> Um, just the beautiful phrase, he says, it is hard to put into words the happiness you feel when you know that Jesus seeks you, right. that he trusts you, and with his unmistakable voice, he says to you, follow me. Right. So again, that beautiful personalism, that's just, it's rich in him, it's, it's who he is, is that impersonal encounter, that personal relationship with Jesus Christ in the scriptures and the life of the church. Yep. You know, yep. to know Jesus seeking you, trusting you saying to you, follow me. Right. Right. And that, I mean, that's, a, that, that's a mystical encounter. That's, a, that's the life of contemplative prayer. You know, I think sometimes we can overanalyze the Christian life and say, well, you know, contemplative prayer consists in this, and the spiritual life, the three in stages of the spiritual life, you know, the, pugit, uh, the, the purgative, uh, the illuminative, and the unitive. You right. know, well, I mean, but th this is it, and he's speaking from it right now. 
so then that's again in the context of, of of discerning one's vocation, and then he moves it. Another thing that struck me in the address is the following uh, paragraph: "Dear young people, if you wish to discover and to remain to live faithfully the form of life to which the Lord is calling each of you, you must remain in His love as His friends. And how do we preserve friendship except through frequent contact, conversation, being together in good times and bad?" St. Teresa of Jesus, Teresa of Avila, used to say that prayer is just such friendly contact, often spending time alone with the one who we know loves us. Uh, and so again, just that, that, that reality, we talked about this, um, I think last week with, with, with holiness, on, on a little bit on prayer, um, the importance of prayer, but prayer understood, again, in the context of relationship, it's, it's friendly contact, it's conversation, being together, uh, with the one who we know loves us in good times, in bad times, in any circumstance in life. It's not merely about rote repetition, although that can lead us in prayer, but more fundamentally it's about just being with somebody who loves us and who we in turn um, love back. Exactly. So, okay. Um, and then the, so, yeah, moving on. The, 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 uh, the, the third address, that I think uh, I, I, I'd like to come. We both I know we both like to comment on is the homily that he gave the next morning, Sunday morning, um, at the closing mass. And, and this is just just to read first the uh, the words that he said before mass about the night before. Dear young friends, I have been thinking a lot about you during this time in which we have been separated. I hope you have been able to get some sleep in spite of the weather. I am sure that since dawn you have raised up your eyes more than once. Not only your eyes, but above all your hearts, turning this occasion into prayer. God turns all things into good. With, with this confidence and trusting in the Lord, who never abandons us, let us begin our Eucharistic celebration, full of enthusiasm and strong in our faith. So just, you know, I've been thinking about you, and, 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 and last night, and, you know, happened throughout the night, and so on. And I don't know, just that sort of, just that, that brief comment before Mass be, began, um, struck me as well. Again, expressing that solidarity and that genuine solidarity, uh, uh, just uh, flowing forth from his relationship with Jesus Christ. Right. So the the gospel, if, if you remember the gospel reading, uh, listener, well, you father too, um, the gospel reading was uh, last Sunday was from uh, Matthew 16 uh, with Peter's confession of faith and then Jesus building the, 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 the church um, on the foundation of Peter and his faith. And so that's what, what, um, what the Holy Father reflects on uh, in, in his homily. Uh, anything from this homily that, that struck you in a particular way, Father? Well, I think as you... The, the way that he spoke about um, the two knowledges, two different ways of knowing Christ, uh, going straight from the gospel from Matthew 16, you know, who do people say that, I, that the Son of Man is? Who do people say that I am? You know, um, in other words, Christ is seen as yet another religious figure. You know, but then who do you say that I am? The question to Peter. And the way that he unpacks uh, in the following paragraph uh, the difference between faith and knowledge, if you will. Mm -hmm. or relationship and knowledge. Um, which, so what, do you, what, what part are you thinking of in particular? 
Well, that whole section after that, I mean, uh, speaking about uh, Peter, blessed are you, Simon, son of John, of course, you know, the answer. Uh, faith starts with God, but faith also requires us that receptivity, that openness. And so Peter had to be open to the faith given to him by God. This flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. So Jesus' question, who do you say that I am, is ultimately a challenge to the disciples to make a personal decision in his regard. Right. Um, and so uh, uh, that relationship, and I think um, kind of the point or the idea here with the contrast he had before between you know, people's knowledge about Jesus and then Peter's receptivity to the Father and his confession of faith, you know, knowledge guides a relationship, but a relationship is more than knowledge. Yeah, that's very well said. Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, I know you and so I have a friendship with you, but my friendship with you is more than that knowledge of, of you and your personality and who you are and what you've done. Right, right. And then the relationship of faith, any human relationship then even goes deeper than that knowledge as well because it's an invitation to relationship even though you're not fully known. Mm-hmm. I do not fully know who you are, but yet we have friendship. You do not fully know everything about your wife, yet you're committed in that relationship of marriage. Right. The same in the relationship of faith with Jesus Christ. Yep. And so the bit of that involves that courage of faith, that yep. leap of faith. Yep. So he goes on a little farther, and he has this call of this courage. You know, uh, when Jesus says to you the same question, he asks the apostles, who do you say that I am? The Pope encourages young people of the world Respond to him with generosity and courage, as befits young hearts like your own. Say to him, Jesus, I know that you are the Son of God, who have given your life for me. I want you to follow I want to follow you faithfully and to be your to be led by your word. You know me and you love me. I place my trust in you and I put my whole life into your hands. I want you to be the power that strengthens me and the joy that never leaves me. If I didn't know better, that almost sound like an altar call at a uh, Protestant church. <laughs> True. True. And so True. I, it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful description, beautiful invitation to that dedication of the life of Christ. Right. Um, and I think related to that, and this is going back a little bit, you know, about who is Christ, you know, the question, who do you say that I am? Who do people say, who do people say that I am? And so he, the Holy Father says in that context, Certainly, there are many people today who feel attracted by the figure of Christ and want to know him better. They realize that he is the answer to so many of our deepest concerns. But who is he really? How can someone who lived on this earth so long ago have anything in common with me today? And I think that's a a question that's implicit in the hearts and minds of of many people today. Uh, Catholic, uh, other Christians, and, and other people as well. How, how can somebody who, okay, so you know, I recognize that Jesus taught important things and so on, but he lived 2,000 years ago. Um, how, as the Holy Father says, how can somebody who lived on the earth so long ago have anything in common with me today? So I think he's, he's, he's elucidating a question which is at least implicit in the minds and hearts of, of many of the men and women in our day and age. And then he goes on to much of what you were talking about to address that question, uh, to answer that question um, in the context of, of the words from the gospel reading. Um, the other thing that struck me uh, as well, he, he, beyond then the section that you were talking about, he talks 
about how Peter, uh, Jesus says, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. So the Holy Father goes on to talk about the importance of the church. Um, he says, the church is not simply a human institution like any other. Rather, she is closely joined to God. Christ himself speaks of her as his church. Christ cannot be separated from the church any more than the head can be separated from the body. And he goes on to talk about that more. Um, make Christ, the Son of God, the center of your life. But let me also remind you that following Jesus in faith means walking at his side in the communion of the church. We cannot follow Jesus on our own. Anyone who would be tempted to do so on his own or to approach the life of faith with that kind of individualism so prevalent today will risk never truly encountering Jesus or will end up following a counterfeit Jesus. So the importance there of, of, uh, of the church, of the community of disciples, the communion of disciples, uh, those who follow Jesus Christ, um, being joined to one another. We don't do it on our own. Nobody does it on their own, Jack, as uh, Christian <laughs> Shepherd says to, uh, to um, Jack Shepherd in the greatest TV show ever, Lost. Um, Pardon? The, the import- Pardon? What? what? Uh, anyway, so, <laughs> but, but, but we do, that we're in this, and I know it's trite, but we're in this together. We're saved through the community of believers, uh, and so we have to, to walk together with fellow disciples. Otherwise, we risk, Pope, Pope Benedict says, we risk never truly encountering Jesus or following a counterfeit Jesus. And that's, that, that doesn't save us. That doesn't provide the encouragement uh, that we need. That doesn't provide um, the deep sustenance, the deep joy that we need in our daily life. It will never be enough. Never be enough. So, any, anything else, Father, from this address or, or anything else around World Youth Day that you want to comment on? No, I don't believe so, except the fact that I wish that I was there. <laughs> Indeed. Maybe real, Father. Or will you go to World, or will you go to the World Cup instead? For Brazil, I don't know. I'm torn now. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. Well, again, we will at some point, whenever it, whenever it happens, because it, again, as you reiterated numerous times, uh, it has been announced that John of Avila will be the next Doctor of the Church, but as he hasn't been formally declared as such as of yet. So we will await that and talk about him at that point. Um, I think one thing. Well, yeah. So we'll, we'll save that for then. All right, Father, sound good? Sounds most excellent. All right, well, we will be back no, next week with another episode of Prayer Room Companion. In, in the meantime, thanks and God bless. God bless you all.